This podcast episode is brought to you by Paleo Valley's Organic Extra Virgin Olive Oil. Now, we all know that many olive oils are cut with seed oils or that they are rancid, and so it's not always easiest to find a quality and properly sourced olive oil. Yes, in case you didn't know, many store bought olive oils are diluted or blended, compromising both taste and quality, and may even cause rancidity. I'm really glad that Paleo Valley's extra virgin olive oil remains pure and unadulterated, sourced from a single organic valley in Greece. Paleo Valley ensures freshness and nutrient content by packaging their olive oil in dark glass bottles. At a certain point, I stopped using extra virgin olive oil, but once our practice started working with people with chronic inflammatory response syndrome or SIRS, we started recommending it for the reduction of TGF beta 1. It is an immune system marker that shows inflammation both for COVID 19, SIRS, and actually many other illnesses. So if your TGF beta 1 is high, you may want to try incorporating a little bit of extra virgin olive oil. Make sure to check it out. It comes in a two pack package. And remember, All Paleo Valley products are guaranteed with a money back guarantee. Go to paleovalley.com slash nwj to get 15% off your order. Thanks for supporting companies that support this podcast. Hey guys, it's Judy from Nutrition with Judy. Joining me today. While you're here, please make sure to subscribe, like this video, and hit the red button. And if you're listening to this on podcast, please make sure to leave me a review. This allows my content to get in front of more people. My name is Judy Cho, and I am board certified in holistic nutrition. I focus on root cause healing, and oftentimes that starts with the carnivore cures meat only elimination diet. Now, you'll see in this interview with Dr. Natasha, she would be so unhappy with the words meat only in an elimination diet. And you'll see why at the end of our call, because we talk about it a little bit. But I am so excited to share this interview with you. I had the honor and pleasure of sitting down with Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride. I went to Nutritional Therapy Association. Schooling for Nutrition, and they are or they were big fans of Dr. Natasha's work. My instructor was one of the oldest practitioners there, and she was GAP certified. So, big, big fan. And I love her work. Her books are so easy to comprehend, and there's like these bite sized pieces that are so powerful. One punch, one liners that are so good. And she cites a lot of studies as well. So she's very, very articulate. She's very smart. Her books are very to the point. And I think it's just really, really powerful information. We talk about the gut and psychology syndrome diet or the GAPS diet, the probably best elimination diet out there prior to a carnivore diet. But she talks a lot about how our diet and nutrition and wellness really affects our health. When we suffer from illness, and it could be as simple as maybe a little bit of eczema or seasonal allergies, all the way to illness such as cancer, she talks about how the power of a GAPS diet can really heal somebody back to optimal health. It's such a powerful conversation. So I highly recommend listening to the whole thing. I purposely did not interrupt her so that she could just share her wisdom and a lot of the information that makes so much sense. As to why even I specifically focus on healing gut health, because just like how Hippocrates says, all disease stems from the gut. And it's true, there is 
so much information about that um, more so nowadays than ever before. So Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride, she graduated with honors as a medical doctor in 1984. And in the following year, she gained a postgraduate degree in neurology. After practicing for five years as a neurologist and three years as a neurosurgeon, she moved back to the UK. And after a while, her son was diagnosed with autism. This is where she started really focusing on nutrition. She started developing theories around the relationship between neurological disorders and nutrition and completed a second PhD in human nutrition in the UK. She has five books, and the first book she published in 2004 called The Gut and Psychology Syndrome, and it was a natural treatment of autism, ADHD, dyslexia, depression, and schizophrenia. She has four other books that she published soon after that book, but they are, again, very, very helpful in helping you get to optimal health. So although Dr. Natasha is a MD, and although she is a neurosurgeon, she started focusing on nutrition because she realized that a lot of ailments really stem from the gut and really was impacted one way or another by our food. This is how she cured her son from autism. It's a very, very powerful conversation that can really help you figure out little kinks that may not be working to get you to optimal health. Sometimes it takes a little bit more rigor and uh, being in the kitchen and making sure that your every single bite that goes into your food is really aligned to optimal health. But if that's where you are trying to go and attain for your life, it may just be worth it. Let's get right into the interview. Hi, Dr. Natasha. I'm very excited to be with you here today. I'm a big fan of your work in my nutritional therapy school. They had us read some of your books and they're so to the point. They're just very concise and well thought out and so thank you for all the work you've done. And, um, you know, I grew up learning about the GAPS diet too. So I'm very excited for you to just share. Um, for some of the people that may not know you that are listening and watching, can you introduce yourself? Thank you for inviting me. I'm delighted to be on your uh, show. As you said, I'm Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride. I'm the creator of the GAPS concept and GAPS nutritional protocol. My first book came, came out in 2004. And with that book, the GAPS concept was launched. Since then, it has become a global phenomenon. Millions of people follow uh, the protocol with good results. And uh, I started working initially with learning disabilities in children, but then that expanded to mental illnesses in adults and children, then to physical illnesses, to allergies, to autoimmune illnesses, to chronic fatigue syndrome, digestive problems, all sorts of problems. And that's how the whole concept of GAPS was born, which stands for Gut and Psychology Syndrome and Gut and Physiology Syndrome. Both abbreviate to the same GAPS. And in your uh, long journey of studying this, and I know even with your son, but what is it about the gut and autoimmune and autism and all of these things that really stem from healing the gut. If you can kind of explain that and what the GAPS diet is. Absolutely. Human body is a microbial community. That's what we now have to understand. That is the scientific fact. There are more microbes in your body than there are human cells. Much, 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 much more. Different scientists give us different numbers, but nobody really knows. There's nothing microbe-free in your body. There is microbial community in your blood in your brain, in your eyes, in your lungs, in your heart, in your liver, in your joints, in your muscles, in your bones, everywhere. But the biggest, the biggest microbial community in the body lives in the digestive system. That's where we have the headquarters of our microbiome, of that microbial community that lives everywhere in your body. That's an absolute ministry, the commanding echelons, the, the headquarters are there. So what happens in the digestive tract affects everything in your body. 
Also, if you listen to evolutionary biology, they will tell you that our cells, human cells, evolved from microbes over billions of years. So microbes came together. Nature works on symbiosis where everything serves everything. And they came together because this one could do this for you and that one can do um, something else for that one. And they joined together. And over years, over over uh, billions of years, these microbes evolved and changed and specialized and became human cells. But they have never forgotten who they are. They still have an ability to revert back to their microbial origins. And there is an exchange that goes on in genetics and many other things between our human cells and the microbes that live around. It's a, it's an, a fascinating area of research. That research only just started in the last few years. Uh, we, we're learning a lot, but... Of course, we don't know everything at all. And if you ask any microbiologist, what is the most powerful influence on a microbial community in nature? The answer will be immediately, food. You change the food supply for a microbial community in a petri dish, within hour, everything will change, literally. Certain microbes will disappear, other microbes will produce trillions of babies, proliferate, and everything will change. That is why the biggest microbial community in the human body is in our digestive system. Because that's where food goes. And by changing our food, what we eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and in between, has an immediate effect on that huge microbial community in your digestive system. And because it's the headquarters of your microbiome, of the microbial community of your whole body, what happens in the gut will affect everything, no matter how far away from the digestive system that organ might be. Whether it's a brain, whether it's your eyes, your lungs, your heart, your fingers, your skin, anything. It will be changed immediately because that headquarters of your microbial community sitting in the gut is connected to the rest of the microbial community and commands them. It's in charge very much. So that's what I've learned through clinical experience. I'm very glad that the science has found gut flora and microbiome finally in the West because the research in this area has been going on for almost 100 years in other countries around the world, but not in the Western countries. I'm glad that they finally found it and started researching it, put all the resources into it. So we're having very uh, interesting results coming in. But 20 years ago, when I started with this work, I knew from my patients, because everything I teach comes from my patients. My patients are my teachers. I haven't got this information from any book, from any so-called scientific study or anything else like that. I got it from my patients, from clinical experience, from the suffering of these people and what helped them and what didn't work with these people. And it was clear to me that food is the most powerful medicine in the world. Bar none, nothing can come even close to the power of food that we eat every day because your body is a microbial community. And because microbes respond to food in the most powerful way, far more powerfully than uh, respond to anything else. So by changing the microbial community in your gut through food, you change everything in your body. So the GAPS nutritional protocol has been designed specifically to bring normal balance to the microbial community in the digestive tract and through it to bring healing, recovery, and normal balance to the human, the rest of the human body, to the whole of human body because human body is an amazing creation everything vibrates and nature works on balance symbiosis and harmony so when there is harmony in your body harmony between all the microbes in your body and the human cells where they all serve each other none of them is out of control none of them causing trouble they're all serving the whole they're all contributing to the whole then there is balance there is harmony your body is singing a beautiful symphony of health 
because life is music on a, on a nuclear level, on a, on a um, um, biophysical level. It is a symphony. But when your microbial community gets damaged in the body, and first of all, it gets damaged in the digestive tract of people, that symphony stops, an imbalance develops, and your, your, your body is singing cacophony, a cacophony of disease. That's what happens. So the GAPS nutritional protocol brings that symphony back. It brings that balance back. It restores normal balance in the microbial community in the digestive tract. And these microbes then heal your gut and that extrapolates to the rest of the body. That is why people recover with the GAPS nutritional protocol, not only from autism, ADHD, <clears throat> and other learning disabilities in children, and mental illnesses such as schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, anorexia, depression, um, all sorts of um, uh, problems. Um, but from physical problems too. They recover from multiple sclerosis. I didn't thought, I didn't think it was uh, um, curable because I'm a neurologist. I received the mainstream neurological um, training. I never thought that multiple sclerosis can be curable. <laughs> and now I have a, a, a number of patients who have recovered fully from multiple sclerosis by using the GAPS nutritional protocol. And it's amazing to see that. It's my patients that bring this information to me from various neuropathies, from Guillain-Barre, from uh, amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, from Hashimoto, from hormonal problems, endocrine problems, chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, ME, all sorts of allergies, asthma, eczema, heart disease, all sorts of things, diabetes, all sorts of things. People just recover because they fix the root of the problem and the root of every chronic disease is sitting in the gut as simple as that your digestive system is the place where the roots of your health are where your constitution comes from right and if the gut is fixed you're fixing the root of the problem and the problem just melts away it disappears so gut is the number one the most important place in the human body no matter what chronic disease you have no matter whether you have digestive symptoms or not I've met many people with rheumatoid arthritis or depression or, let's say, asthma or something else who say, well, my gut is okay. No diarrhea, no constipation, no gas, no pain, no indigestion. But when we start treating the person with the GAPS nutritional protocol, when, which we heal with the, with, uh, we heal the gut in the person, asthma disappears, rheumatoid arthritis disappears, depression disappears. All these things that seem to be so far away from the gut, no visible connection. Right. There is a connection because your body is a microbial community and the headquarters of that microbial community are sitting in the gut. You fix the headquarters, everything else will follow. And I would agree with you. Um, I suffered from um, depression and disordered eating and anorexia, bulimia, but I never really had gut issues. Sure, I had bloat from eating a lot of veggies and things like that. And then as I healed and I did some of that, the lingual neuro testing in class, um, they showed that I needed small intestine support. And so I did take laxatives for a long time. And so while I was healing with a more meat-based diet and working on the gut, my depression really lifted. So I can attest to you that even not thinking I had gut issues, it absolutely impacted me. And now I don't struggle with depression at all. Going into, you know, we, we understand from your just great explanation right now that a lot of the issues stem from the gut. So what are some of the culprits that cause us to even get gut imbalances? I mean, there's young kids 
that are already um, having these imbalances, autism, ADHD, and struggling. So do, if it starts from the gut, what what was the cause, and what are some of the culprits that causes gut damage? Well, we human humanity have created uh, an environment on our planet which is becoming more and more hostile to any life form, and we are a life form. Our bodies are a life form. We think that we can destroy nature and be okay ourselves. No, we are part and parcel of the whole life circle on the planet, of the whole system of the planet. If you destroyed earthworms or you've destroyed plants around you or, or cut a tree or something, that will affect you and affect your children and affect everybody else. So the first thing that happened, um, we started using antibiotics from the 1950s and 60s. In the at end of 50s, 60s, uh, they came onto the market in large amounts. What antibiotics do, they kill bacteria largely. These bacteria were part of a very complex microbial community, which was very balanced, carefully, carefully, precariously balanced. They were controlling all sorts of viruses, fungi, protozoa, archaea, all kinds of other creatures, which antibiotics don't touch. So you've killed off bacteria. All these other creatures suddenly find themselves out of uh, balance. The balance is gone. And they start proliferating and they start growing. And any microbe in nature can cause trouble when it proliferates and it gets out of balance. So you get an unbalanced microbial community in your body where various uh, microbes which were perfectly benign as part of the balanced whole become rogues and start causing trouble. And the fact is that children get their gut flora and not only gut flora, their whole microbiome of their body from the parents. It starts developing during nine months of development of the baby, when the baby is growing in the mother's womb. Um, the mother's microbiome from her body populates the baby. So baby is already born with a microbiome. If the mother has abnormal microbiome herself because she's taken a few antibiotics in her life before pregnancy, she will pass abnormal microbiome to her baby. Then a very important uh, thing happens during birth. When the child goes through the birth canal, it swallows microbes which live in the vagina of the mother, in the birth canal of the mother. That flora comes from two places. One is her gut flora. So if a woman has got abnormal gut flora because she had a few courses of antibiotics or has been eating food that has been contaminated by industrial agricultural chemicals, majority of uh, agricultural chemicals are antibiotics in their nature. People who buy all of their food in supermarkets are eating antibiotics for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Because everything on supermarket shelves is full of agricultural chemicals. is produced by the industrial agriculture. So if she's got abnormal gut flora, she will have abnormal gut flora in her vagina, and she'll pass that to her baby during birth. The father contributes as well, because if he's got abnormal gut flora, that flora will come out of his bowel and populate his groin and all the organs in that area, and he shares that flora with the mother on a regular basis through sexual contact. So that's how Mother Nature designed it, that both mother and father pass their microbial flora, their microbiome, particularly gut flora, to the baby at the moment of birth. If the baby was born through a C-section, then that step is missing. And actually, these children are less healthy than children who are born uh, properly. They have certain very important microbes missing in their gut flora, now, their gut flora is impoverished. That's how it can be described. That's why C-section children are more prone to allergies, to learning disabilities and other problems yes. overall. That's what the research shows, epidemiology shows. So we have now generations of people who have abnormal gut flora and they are passing it to their children. 
So let's say, before talking about health of a child in my clinic, I would always first talk about the health of the parents and grandparents. And a typical picture has emerged. Grandparents who were maybe born um, in 40s, 50s, or even earlier, got very good gut flora from their parents because there was nothing to damage it, particularly. For millennia, people passed uh, their gut flora to their children in generations, and the planet was fairly clean. People lived more naturally. And then... uh, These grandparents got a few courses of antibiotics before they decided to have their babies. So they passed their slightly damaged gut flora to their children. Then their children grow up in a very different world. They grow up in a world where antibiotics are given to them for every cough and sneeze throughout their childhood pretty much every year. They grow up in a world where industrial food appears on the planet full of chemicals. Processed food appears on the planet, which feeds only pathogens. It doesn't feed you. It feeds pathogenic microbes in your gut and everywhere else in your body. And at the same time, uh, vaccinations appeared on the planet and other influences. And the girls in that generation have been put on a contraceptive pill at the age of 15, 16. Uh, So they took that pill for quite a few years before they're ready to have their first baby, before they're ready to start their family. Contraceptive pill has a devastating effect on the whole microbiome in the body, not only in the gut, but everywhere else. So by the time that generation of people decides to have their child, their children. They are passing seriously damaged gut flora to their children, far more damaged than they got from their parents. And every year, this situation in the Western world in particular, the rest of humanity is following different uh, distances. Every year, that situation is getting deeper and deeper, worse and worse. And that is what we see in the clinical practice. Children that we see today are far more damaged, have much worse constitution than children that we have seen even five years ago. Because every year with every new generation, the parents are more and more damaged, have more and more damaged uh, gut flora and the rest of the microbiome, and they're passing that to their children. This is the epidemic of gaps, abnormal gut flora and all the diseases that it causes. And it is the root cause of every chronic disease in the world. Our epidemic of autism, we have an absolute running away epidemic of autism. Scientists have already projected that in in the next few years, uh, half of our children will be autistic, and it's not going to stop there. Maybe in 10 years, 15 years, in the Western world, every child will be autistic. Hyperactivity, dyslexia, dyspraxia, obsessive-compulsive disorder, schizophrenia in children, psychosis in children, diabetes type 1, allergies, asthma, eczema, digestive problems, autoimmune illnesses, and not only in children, but in adults as well. Every chronic disease begins in the gut. The root cause of every chronic disease is gaps, abnormalities in the gut flora and the rest of the microbiome in the human body. Because the vast majority of you are microbes. You are a microbial community. Your body is a microbial community. And we have to work with microbes very carefully. We live in a world of microbial phobia. People are afraid of microbes. It stems from a a germ theory proposed by Pasteur. Uh, which was picked up, of course, by the chemical industry and pharmaceutical industry because this theory is extremely profitable for them. And they have trained generations of people now on the planet that the the planet is full of the dangerous microbes that are out there and to get us. And we are just uh, poor, unfortunate, helpless victims. So we need their chemicals. We need their antibiotics, their sterilizing chemicals. Um, the, the, the soaps and, 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 and the rest of it, you know. And nobody stops and thinks, how did humanity live for millions of years on this planet without their chemicals? Because this industry is fairly young. It's only about 150 years old, maybe 200 maximum years old. 
So there is another theory which was developed at the same time as Pasteur's theory, and it was developed by very clever and very honest, loving, decent individuals, scientists, who say that human humanity and every life form on our planet, being a microbial community, is born with a prototype of any microbe called endobiont. It's a tiny little creature which is benign and benevolent. And this is the creature that every baby is full of. Babies are born full of these creatures. They live inside our cells. They live outside our cells. They live in our blood. They're in every tissue. They're everywhere. And their purpose is, because the purpose of all microbes on our planet, and make no mistake, this planet belongs to microbes, not to us. They're in a vast majority on this planet. And uh, the purpose of these microbes is cleansing. Vast majority of microbes on our planet are good for us. They're designed to clean us up, to restore the balance, to bring that beautiful harmony and that symphony of health back to your body. So if your body gets subjected to a trauma, nutritional deficiencies, if you're eating poor diet, or gets contaminated by chemicals or radiation or some other man-made uh, harmful things that our environment is getting filled more and more, then this endobiont evolves. And it knows which microbe can clear a particular chemical. If you were contaminated by a particular chemical, endobiont, nature knows. Nature is infinitely wise. It has enormous experience. It knows which microbe will be perfectly fitted to clean up that chemical, make it, neutralize it, gobble it up and remove it out of your body. So endobiont will evolve into a virus first. So you get a cold. So a common cold, what's a common cold? It's a cleansing process that your body goes through. Because you got contaminated. Why do you think you can have 10 people sitting around the table and somebody comes in with a flaring cold and sneezes all over everybody and coughs all over everybody? Everybody got sprayed with the stuff. Two, three people get ill, the rest don't get ill. Why do you think that happens? Right. If we were helpless, unfortunate victims of a, of a virus, of some virus, you all got sprayed with that virus, you all got the virus. Why only few people get ill, the rest don't? Because those three people that got ill were contaminated by a particular chemical and the body used that virus as a key to start a cleansing process. It switches on its immune system. The immune system launches inflammation and launches temperature. Temperature is a wonderful, powerful tool of our immune system. When you run high temperature, uh, cancer cells are destroyed, chemicals burnt out and removed, uh, parasites are removed, and everything is just restored back to normal. Problem is, in modern world, people start taking ibuprofen, paracetamol, aspirin, other, other anti-inflammatory drugs. They bring the temperature down. They go to work. The child who started running temperature, they just give, him, give the child some drugs. The, the temperature goes down. The child goes off to school or, you know, does something else. And as a result, that tool, the temperature and the inflammation and other tools that the immune system launched, stimulated by that virus or by something else you got from the environment, uh, are not used. And your body did not get cleansed. The chemical that was sitting in your body, which uh, launched this cold in the first place, is still there. It has not been removed. So the body then steps back and thinks, right, viruses didn't work. So endobiont next will evolve into bacteria. That's the next step. Bacteria then uh, cause an infection which is more serious than a cold. Far more serious. You can get pneumonia. You can get um, 
posse sort of abscesses in different places. You can get enter- enterocolitis. You can get serious infections or meningitis. That's all bacterial. These are all bacterial infections. The purpose of these bacteria is the same, to clean out that pollution that you've accumulated in your body because viruses didn't work. What do people do? They run to the doctor, they get antibiotics. They kill bacteria. So the poor endobiont has to then step back and think again very carefully, what do I do in this situation? The body is still polluted, even more polluted now than before. And the pollution keeps coming. And the person is eating wrong diet. They're eating the modern uh, westernized processed ersatz diet. And the stress and there is all sorts of other influences and the electromagnetic pollution is growing all the time. We live in an electromagnetic soup. We don't see it. We don't feel it. But our mobile phones are working. Our Wi-Fi is working. Our internet is working. And 5G has been launched. And they're thinking on next Gs to launch. And uh, we are subjected to a lot of electromagnetic pollution, which has very damaging effect on the human body. And all that effect accumulates. So the next step for the evolvement of uh, endobiont is fungi, fungal stage. It evolves into fungi. Fungi are the basis of every chronic degenerative disease, from an old, uh, from from a hay fever, as asthma, eczema, to heart disease, to um, rheumatoid arthritis, multiple sclerosis, Hashimoto, lupus, to cancer. Cancer is a fungal of growth in the body. Because only fungi, fungi can handle that situation at that stage. And fungal stage, fungi are very special. They are um, both plants and animals. Because in evolution of creatures on our planet, fungi are at the point where evolution then splits into the plant kingdom and the animal kingdom. And fungi are both. They're both. And their purpose, fungal fungal stage, is to dismantle the human body, to kill it, basically, slowly. Slowly, or maybe a bit faster, or maybe a bit slower. So behind every chronic degenerative disease, there is a fungal overgrowth because the endobiont was not allowed to use viral stage or to use bacterial stage appropriately to deal with the problem. So the problem has accumulated and got worse. So only fungi can handle it at that stage. That is a theory that was proposed first by Antoine Bechamp um, in the middle of um, 19th century. Then after him, many other renowned real scientists, really geniuses in the world that have uh, worked on that theory more, and many of them discovered it for themselves for the first time. They discovered exactly the same thing as Antoine Bichamp discovered before them, decades before them, which confirms that this is true. And then, uh, so all of these scientists, they postulate that the environment that we develop inside our bodies and outside our bodies is the main cause of disease, not the microbes. The microbes are the result of the damage. They're not the cause of the damage. And based on this theory, mm-hmm. it becomes clear that all infections, the vast majority of infections that we get, don't come from outside. They develop right there in your own body, from your own endobiont, from your own microbial community. Because your microbial community is infinitely wise. And if you contaminated your body with a particular chemical or a group of chemicals, or you are subjected to a lot of electromagnetic pollution, or you're eating something that is wrong for you, then that microbial community that you are, your body is a microbial community. It's a bunch of microbes. Even your human cells are microbes and they can revert back to microbial stages. Mm-hmm. They can turn into microbes too. They decide what they should turn into because microbes have a free market of genetics. They pick up genes out of the environment and they throw genes out. They exchange genetics all the time. And now the scientists have discovered that our human cells exchange genetics with our microbes. 
in the body. It's a free market of genetics for, for all in, in your body. So they all can evolve into anything you want. The microbiology now is starting to realize that all these isolated <clears throat> microbes that they have studied under the microscope and described and gave them names are actually stages of the same creature because they can all evolve into each other and they can revert back into endobiome if you fix your body. If you stop polluting it, if you stop subjecting yourself to too much radiation, if you fix your diet, if you fix your stress level and change your lifestyle, then even the fungal stage can revert back to bacteria. You may go through a bacterial infection first, and that is healing and cleansing, and you have to allow it to go ahead and, and take its steps. Very, very important to allow it to do that. And then it will you will go through some viral stage, and then the viruses will return into the endobiont. And that's when you become really, truly healthy. So temperature must be allowed to run. It must not be reduced. Inflammation is good for us. It needs to be allowed to do its job because it's a wonderful cleanser and it's a wonderful tool of our immune system. Autoimmunity is good for us. It should not be suppressed. Autoimmunity is a single that the immune system is just using one more tool, antibodies, immunoglobulins, for dealing with the problem that you have in the body. So we have to review our whole worldview, our whole understanding of how life on this planet works and that our bodies are part of that life on our planet and that we cannot treat our whole planet as some enemy and think that we'll be all right <laughs> ourselves we're part and parcel of it so this extrapolates from treating your body with great respect to treating your whole environment with great respect all the animals and birds and microbes and soil in particular on our planet Hey guys, just to let you know, my Carnivore Cure book is back in stock. For nine months, it was out of print and used prices were up to $300. Make sure to get your copy today that has over 200 colored tables and graphics and over 400 pages of meaty goodness. We have a limited supply, so get your copy today on Amazon.com. And if you can leave a review, I'd be super grateful. So many thoughts. That was really good. Thank you. Um, in terms of children, then that let's say they didn't go like they had the C-section and you know, at what point can we support the microbiome even more as a child? And then if you do have an illness as an adult, let's say you're in the fungi part. Is there a point where it's too late that even with diet, you can heal a lot? And then my last question is on the oral microbiome. So, you know, during the pandemic, everyone loved using hand sanitizers. Um, thoughts on that and how that affects us um, in an adverse way? Well, I've written five books. My latest book came out in 2020. It's called Gut and Physiology Syndrome. I can show the book. They all have different colors, the books. It's a colorful collection. <laughs> So this one, that is and true. Uh, here, right. here I explain, and I have lots of case studies here, <clears throat> showing that people recover from every disease. For quite a while, I thought that cancer is not really a GAPS condition, until one of my GAPS practitioners, I've been training health practitioners <clears throat> to become GAPS practitioners right. for, decade, for, for, for a long time now, for years. And uh, one of my GAPS practitioners healed her husband from the worst form of melanoma using the GAPS protocol, the GAPS diet. She's written a book. On this subject, her name is Mimi Grant, and the book is available in electronic format, um, how she used the GAPS diet in healing her, her husband. It was an um, amelanocytic melanoma. That's the worst form of melanoma where people are literally given a few weeks to live. That was uh, when he was diagnosed first. That was some 12, 13 years ago now. 
the man is thriving and healthy and happy and uh, free of any kind of cancer. So there is no point of no return. There is nothing incurable. That's my opinion now because I've met so many people. And I have a growing number of children who were diagnosed with so-called genetic conditions. Because our mainstream medicine, when they can't explain anything, they just put it in this big waste paper basket, which are called genetics. So they say, oh, it's genetic. There's nothing you can do about it. You can just... And uh, whenever, you know, there's no explanation, uh, the geneticist will always find some kind of gene where there's something quite not quite right on there. So they give you the number of this gene. That's it. So the doctor says, well, that's the cause now. You see, this number H235 slash whatever, you know. And, and once a person is told that this is genetic, the verdict is basic. There's nothing you can do about it. Just live with it. And I have met so many families like that now. And my practitioners too. They keep uh, contacting me with this. And uh, many of these conditions are literally unpronounceable. <laughs> the, the, the name is so so complicated. We put them on the GAPS nutritional protocol. The child recovers because we have a new science of epigenetics, which states that our genes are not our destiny. They are just a code. Somebody has to read that code and implement it. It's just it's, it's just a tool. It's like a tool that is lying on the table. You have to pick up that tool and do something with that tool before that tool can do something, right? Just on its own, the tool will not do anything. So who pick up, picks up that tool? Who uses it? Who implements that tool and gets the results? The environment, your diet, your thoughts, your attitudes, your emotions, the pollution you put into your body, the environment inside your body and outside your body chooses which genes are going to be active and which genes will sleep forever. Because we're all born with a full uh, choice of genetics. We're all born with a predisposition to cancer, predisposition to chronic diseases, to allergies, to eczema, to schizophrenia, to anything. But it's the environment that you create inside your body and outside that chooses whether that gene for schizophrenia will sleep forever or whether it will activate in you and cause you a lot of trouble or cancer, or whatever, whatever else. So these babies who are born from parents with abnormal microbiome, who pass their microbiome to that baby, so the baby starts life at a very um, poor point, with a very poor constitution, because your microbiome is your constitution. On top of that, these babies are usually born with very polluted bodies. It sounds unfair, it sounds cruel, but a woman's body uses pregnancy as a chance to clean up by dumping toxins into their fetus. A woman cleanses during pregnancy. Mother nature is infinitely wise. It's very practical. It chooses a creature that is already alive and functioning in this world um, as a priority. So women in our modern world live in an environment where they keep accumulating toxins from a very young age. All your hair dyes, your makeup, all the personal care products you use and you breathe, your perfumes, your washing powders, your cleaning chemicals, your fire retardants, the electromagnetic pollution you, you collect in your body. A lot of these things, they're all man-made. So nature hasn't equipped our body to deal effectively with these sort of things. They accumulate. So in many cases, the body will not destroy them and would not remove them. It would just imprison them, put them somewhere, tuck them away somewhere in a fat tissue or somewhere else in a nice little prison so they don't cause any trouble. They just accumulate. So women accumulate a lot of toxins in their bodies from a very young age nowadays. And nowadays women start their family at an older and older age. Majority of women don't even think about having a child until they're 32, 35 sometimes, in their 30s, certainly. 
So for 35 years, you've been accumulating toxicity and damage in your body. But when you get pregnant, your body thinks, great, I'll clean up. And it dumps the whole lot into that baby. We have an epidemic of miscarriages. We have an epidemic of stillbirths. And it's growing. Because if that toxic load is enough to kill the fetus, the fetus will die. But if that amount of toxicity is not enough to kill the baby, then the baby is born with a high toxic load. It's a poisoned child. So this child will, and, and also the child usually gets, uh, from the same parent usually gets abnormal microbiome. So of course these children develop illnesses, minimum eczema or some kind of um, allergy, or it can go all the way up to autism, schizophrenia, ADHD, or uh, diabetes type 1, or something else. Disastrous. And uh, the, the, the list of diagnostic labels is just growing all the time. So that's what's happening with our babies, with our children. But what I'm saying is that no situation is irreversible. You can clean up that child. It will take many years. And GAPS nutritional protocol will do that. And children who have been damaged like that, they have to stay on the GAPS diet for the rest of their life. For people who are milder, the good news is that you can fix your gut with the GAPS nutritional protocol, and then you can reintroduce various foods which you could not eat before, and you'll be all right. You can forget about the problems. Where for children who were born with that kind of uh, baggage, uh, they have to stay on the GAPS diet for the rest of their life. So if a child has recovered from autism, for example, it's best to keep the child on the GAPS diet, mostly. You can, when the child's fully recovered, you can occasionally cheat, particularly when you're on holiday, you're not at home, you're somewhere else, you can relax a little. But then once you're back home, things are back to normal, you're back on the GAPS diet again, because it will keep you healthy and well and will prevent any problems uh, to resurface or to appear anew. One thing I was wondering is, um, so the skin microbiome and the um, antibacterial, is your thoughts on that? Skin microbiome. Of course, our skin is populated by a rich microbial community. And it's very, very important. There's nothing microbe-free in your body. These microbes that live on your skin, they have to have a little home. So the skin produces oily substances to create a habitat for them where these microbes can live, and they make little homes in there. So it's a, it's a very complex, beautiful microbial community. And when that microbial community is, is uh, balanced and healthy, your skin will be like a peach, beautiful, clean, gorgeous skin you will have. But if your body is toxic, if you have abnormal microbial community living in your body, that microbial community will be producing a lot of toxins. These toxins uh, come out in sweat. And when the sweat appears on the surface of the skin and it's full of chemicals, full of damaging stuff, the microbial community changes because remember the most powerful influence on any microbial community is food. The sweat is their food. What's, what's excreting out of your skin coming is their food. So the microbial community will change. And uh, as they change, various microbes start proliferating and they might start causing damage. Then, of course, when they start causing damage on the skin, the immune system, who is there all the time and watching everything, it just surveys your body all the time and, and watches everything, it will launch inflammation to deal with that situation, to deal with that microbial community. So you get eczema. What is eczema? It's patches of inflammation on your skin. Your skin is red, hot, itchy, and uh, that's inflammation. So... It's the interplay between the microbial community on the skin, the toxicity that comes out in the sweat, and the activity of your immune system. You go to the doctor, the doctor gives you steroid cream for eczema. What does steroid cream do? Steroids kill immune system. Mm. 
They kill your immune system. They stop the activity of the immune system in your skin. So inflammation goes away. And you think, ah, it helped my eczema. No, it didn't. It only bit down the immune system. So the inflammation stopped. The reality is that your sweat is still full of chemicals. Your microbial community is still abnormal on your skin and deeper in the skin. And the damage is still continuing. And if you continue using steroids in that area, the toxins will accumulate to the point when you will develop psoriasis, which is far more serious situation because psoriasis is a fungal growth throughout your skin into every layer of the skin. It's a fungus with long micelli, which grow through. And fungi have a wonderful ability to force your human cells to mutate and grow in an abnormal way. It's a precancerous condition, basically. And then you get a, a, a skin cancer. If you continue suppressing your immune system and not allowing it to deal with the situation. But the source of those toxins that come out in sweat is the gut flora. So in order to deal with a puddle on the floor, if your tap is leaking in the kitchen, is not to start mopping that puddle. First, you need to fix the tap, right? Then you can mop up the damage. So the tap is the gut. Fix the gut. Because abnormal microbial community in the gut damages the integrity of the gut wall, making it porous and leaky. Holes develop in the gut wall. So lots of things happen as a result. It's not a barrier anymore. Uh, all sorts of toxins absorb and food absorbs undigested. It doesn't have a chance to be digested properly before it absorbs. It absorbs undigested. And then your immune system, of course, finds this food, looks at it and says, you're not food. I don't recognize you. You're not supposed to absorb in lumps like this. And it attacks that food. It attaches various complexes to that food. So that food then becomes a, this huge molecule with lots of immune complexes attached to it. And wherever that big molecule gets to, it'll cause trouble. It'll cause damage and it'll cause disease. And if these molecules are living through skin, you'll have eczema. If they live through your lungs, you'll have asthma. If they live through the mucous membranes in your nose and throat, you'll have hay fever and all sorts of other problems. So the important thing is to heal and seal the gut wall. Close all those holes in the gut wall. And that is what the GAPS diet will do for you. That is what the GAPS diet does, and it has done it for I don't know how many people around the world. Nobody's counting, but I'm sure that it's more than a million of people around the world. You can heal and seal your gut That's wall. And, and when you go on the GAPS nutritional protocol, you change everything in your body. Because human body is not cast in stone. It, it changes all the time. Every cell in your body has a short life. It gets old, worn out, it gets killed and removed, and a new baby cell is born to replace it. So the body gives birth to trillions of new cells every day. That's how the body maintains its structure, heals damage, rejuvenates itself all the time. In order to um, sustain this process and give birth to trillions of cells, building materials are required. And if the building materials that you're providing through your diet are processed uh, industrially produced stuff from a supermarket. That's what you're making your body out of, right. out of poor quality materials. Of course, this body is not going to be healthy. We have to abandon supermarkets. We have to start buying our food directly from real farmers. Everything is wrong with the supermarket food. These are food specifically designed to make everybody ill, I'm afraid. That's how things are. Because apart from the chemicals, apart from the cruel practices that the industrial agriculture uses, it destroys soil. It treats animals in a most cruel and appalling way. And we have a new science of biophysics, which postulates and states that everything in this world is energy, and the energy is just um, has vibrations. It's, it's a vibration. It's a wave. Everything is a vibration. 
and different energies, different uh, emotions have different frequency of vibration. So the animals that live in an industrial setting are suffering. They're ill, they're in pain, they're uncomfortable, they're unhappy. That vibration goes into the meat, the milk, the eggs. So when you eat food, food is information. You take information into your body when you eat. It's a major, major act of taking information into your body. When you eat food out of a supermarket, you're eating suffering, you're eating pain, you're eating grief, you're eating disease. How can food like that make you healthy? You've taken information of suffering into yourself. Go and find real farmers who are organic, who love their land, who love their animals, who provide them with a proper natural habitat, and go and see these animals and birds. They're healthy. They're happy. They're healthy looking. They're running around. There's joy in them. There's love in them because they're loved, all of them. So the meat, the milk, and the eggs that they will give you are full of love. You're eating information of love. And nature has been created from energy of love. There's no doubt about it. Health can only be created from love. It cannot be created from any other emotion, from any other feeling. Only love. And the same with plants. If plants grow in a soil that has been fertilized with manure, with compost, instead of nasty chemicals, that's a happy soil because the soil is a microbial community. Microbial community on the industrial farms and industrial fields is destroyed. They're dead. It's just a dead dust. There is no microbial community there. In fact, majority of farmers who still farm, they say that if they don't put chemicals on their fields, nothing will grow at all because their fields are a desert. It's a just dead dust with no microbial community because it's been destroyed by the application of chemicals, plowing, and other destructive practices. So the plants that grow there will have no love in them. They will have energy of greed, suffering, chemicals, human uh, cleverness. So that's the information you will get into yourself when you eat that food, those plants. And that information will not bring you any health. It will bring you disease and destruction. So we have to abandon supermarkets. We cannot continue buying foods in supermarkets. We need to find real farmers. These farmers exist in every country. And you look, you look in the eye of this farmer. Is this a decent person? Is this a good person? Can you trust this person? And you go and visit the farm. It's not so difficult to find these farmers. You just go to a farmer's market in your city, start talking to people, get some phone numbers, get some addresses, get some email addresses from these people and ask, can I visit your farm? Any decent, loving farmer will have nothing to hide and they'll be very happy for you to come and visit. So on the weekend, you know, there's nothing more pleasurable than put your family in a car, take your dog and go and visit a lovely farm to see animals and birds and spend some time in the nature. And if you don't see any bags of chemicals lying about, refrigerators full of steroids and antibiotics, and you just see nature and you see, just see natural, natural methods, then you buy your food from that farmer. If you found a few farmers like that around, you can supply your family with health-giving food. And at the same time, you can support a good farmer, a good person. Because governments in the Western world serve corporations, global corporations. They serve industrial agriculture. Farmers like that, the real organic farmers, uh, governments make their life very difficult. They're an absolute menace to them. And the only farmers who survive are the ones who have a strong customer base. People who buy directly from the farm. So um, we have to support right. people like that if we want to have good food available to us at all in the world. So these farmers survive. So that way you will do a good deed by supporting a good person who is trying to produce something decent on this planet 
and at the same time provide your family with health-giving food. What's interesting is in the meat-based community, there are a lot of people that still buy from the supermarket. And I think it's it's interesting because of everything you're saying, they still do get better health. So let's say they're just eating the grain-fed meats. And I think it's partly because they're reducing all of the GMO plants and the other foods. But some people I do see stall. So after a certain point of healing, they're not fully healing. And that's where maybe they should try the grass fed grass finished so they can heal even more and get to a lot more root cause because I do see people heal. But then I do see people plateau on like a meat only diet. And they do eat products from the grocery store. So I do see some, I guess, validity in what you're saying. And I think for even my clients that are the most unwell, uh, we do then try to move to just natural sourcing because their body reacts to it the least, right? If you have the most wholesome, natural, uh, what nature intended foods, I do see that. So um, it I depends think on how severe the person's situation is. It depends yes. on many, yeah. many, many factors. But the thing is, you see, uh, grass fed uh, in supermarkets is a lie. These cows have never been oh, yeah, on grass. They sit, they never, they've never. never been in the sunlight, you see. In order for any product to have vitamin D, for example, which is a sunshine vitamin, the animal must be in the sunshine, on pasture, in the birds. So chickens which have never seen the sun, their egg yolks have no vitamin D and lots of other good things. Right. And the same with meat and milk and cream and butter. You won't get any vitamin D from the, from these foods. So what, what a lot of these farmers do, how they deceive the public, and the government approves of that, this is industry standard. Those poor cows have never seen a pasture, have never seen the sunlight. They sit inside and the farmer goes and plows all his uh, pasture, grows a hybrid monoculture of some grass that doesn't exist in nature with the use of chemicals. Right. He cuts it, brings it into that uh, prison where the cows are imprisoned and feeds it to them. And he's allowed to call his uh, meat grass-fed. That's what you I get know. in the You get a lie. Supermarket food carries information of suffering and lying and deceit and cheating. And of course, depending on how severe the situation is in a patient, for vast majority of people in the first few months of changing their diet, mm -hmm. the improvement comes no matter what diet they've chosen. doesn't matter what diet they've chosen. Right. The first thing that every diet suggests, remove sugar, remove flour, remove processed carbohydrates, remove breakfast cereals, remove soft drinks, remove junk out of your diet. And the improvements come simply from removing these things. People improve. Yes, yes. Yeah, that is, the, that, is this, that is an absolute fact. No matter what diet you have chosen, you, you might have chosen veganism or whatever, whatever else. And, uh, but then later on, if you continue buying from a supermarket, you will hit a plateau and then things may start getting deteriorating again. And eventually people do learn. And um, I have many clients and my GAPS practitioners have many clients who, after years of following the GAPS nutritional protocol, actually came to the conclusion that they can't trust anyone to produce their food. <laughs> they buy land, right. they become farmers, they start right. producing their own food. And that brings the full improvement, brings complete well-being to these families. From one thing you mentioned, um, so, you know, I've heard that too, that the first child is sort of the way that your body will protect yourself from a lot of the toxins that's been circulating. Let's say that happened to me and my first child had a lot of the toxins. So does that mean then if I were to have a child in three, and I know this is all speculation, but, um, and then in three years, would my second child 
possibly be healthier then than the first child? Absolutely. That's not a speculation. That's a fact. That's a fact. Vast majority okay. of children okay, with autism, vast majority of our damaged, ill children in the modern world, children with autism, ADHD, diabetes type 1, allergies, and other illnesses are firstborns in the family. Vast majority. Wow. Because the woman has cleansed on that first child. She unloaded her toxic load into that child. For the following children, her body is cleaner. Unless she subjects herself to an intense amount of chemicals, um, exposes herself to a lot of chemicals, a lot of damaging influences, then her following children will get the same toxic load. But on 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 average, it is the firstborn that is the most damaged. I wanted to shift a little bit. I know you're a big proponent of raw milk. I think that's probably where my core of loving raw milk is also there. My sons both drink raw goat's milk every single day we get it from the farmer. I love it. But you know, there's controversy over dairy. A lot of people that are in the autoimmune space said dairy, the proteins in dairy cause more autoimmune illness. The It doesn't even matter if it's raw. It's just not good for human consumption. So can you talk a little bit about the benefits of raw dairy and then the adverse effects of processed pasteurized dairy and the, and how it relates to the gut. Absolutely. Well, there are all sorts of diets and all sorts of approaches in this world. And many of these approaches are called crutches. Imagine you broke your leg and you came to a doctor with a broken bone, broken leg, and the doctor gives you a crutch and says, that's it, off you go. He doesn't attend to the broken bone at all. He just gives you a crutch and says, well, walk on this crutch for the rest of your life now. That's it. So a lot of diets and a lot of approaches are these crutches. I won't start sort of naming these diets or naming these approaches. And this approach of avoiding dairy for the rest of your life is is a crutch. Uh, Yes, dairy products are full of proteins, and uh, people with autoimmune illnesses in particular can react. But they're not just reacting to that protein, they're reacting to all proteins. And the biggest proteins that cause reactions in the body are plant proteins. Proteins coming from plants, from grains, beans, vegetables, fruit and uh, nuts and and other plants because plant proteins are indigestible the most for human beings for our human digestive system they're indigestible they don't digest very well the most researched plant protein is gluten and the more we research gluten the more we realize nobody can digest it it damages everyone even if on the face of it the person doesn't seem to get any symptoms the person is still getting damaged by that gluten and that's just one protein that we've researched to any degree. There are thousands of proteins in plants, and they're the most difficult to digest. And if you have uh, problems with dairy uh, because of proteins, then um, you're likely to have problems with many other proteins from foods. It's just that you haven't identified just yet. What you have to look, you have to look deeper. Where do all these autoimmune illnesses come from? And allergies come from, and food allergies come from. The answer is from the gut. That's the root of all every illness. Every chronic illness is in the gut. What happens in there? The gut wall is damaged and porous and leaky. So plant proteins and animal proteins, all proteins, do not get the chance to be digested properly before they absorb. They absorb undigested or in bits and pieces that are inappropriate to be in your blood. And then the immune system reacts to that, and here's your food allergy and intolerance. The reaction can be anything under the sun, from a skin rash to an asthma attack to a panic attack to a drop in your blood sugar level or drop in energy or a migraine headache or a psychotic attack. It can be anything. And the reaction can be immediate or it can be delayed, up to two weeks. So when you've got a gut that is like a sieve full of holes, you've no idea what you're reacting to on any given day. 
Everything you eat absorbs undigested, all proteins, not just dairy. All proteins absorb undigested. So you can be reacting to something you've just had for lunch, plus something you had yesterday, plus something you had three days ago, plus something you had two weeks ago. All these reactions overlap on top of each other, and it's impossible to decipher what you're reacting to, which foods to avoid. So avoiding foods is a fool's game altogether. The fault is not with the food. The fault is with your gut lining, with those holes in your gut lining. Build yourself a new shiny gut lining without holes in it. And all food will start digesting properly before it absorbs. And you can forget about your food allergies and intolerances and enjoy the dairy and all the other foods you could not enjoy before. The only regimen that I know of that can do that for you, heal and seal your gut wall, is GAPS nutritional protocol, particularly GAPS introduction diet. The GAPS introduction diet is going through stages patiently. There are six stages in the GAPS introduction diet, healing and sealing your gut wall. That's when you will be able to do uh, to have dairy. The only dairy we have in the GAPS nutritional protocol is fermented dairy. We don't drink milk as it is. We ferment it at home. Because when you ferment anything, the microbes that you invite to ferment that food pre-digest the food for you. All the proteins are broken down, pre-digested. Lactose is fully removed. These products are truly lactose-free because so many people in our modern world are lactose intolerant. Microbes love eating sugars. Lactose is the sugar in the milk. So the first thing they would gobble up will be lactose. They'll eat it up. So properly fermented, home-fermented milk product is lactose-free, truly lactose-free. And everything's pre-digested. You don't need to digest it. It just comes in and it nourishes you. And your digestive system doesn't need to do any work when it's done. And, of course, the best milk is raw, organic from an animal that is on real pasture, organic pasture, not some monoculture of hybrid grass that's sprayed with chemicals. No, there's about 60 varieties of grasses and herbs and flowers in that pasture. And it's, an, it's a happy animal that's under the sunlight. Then the cream and the milk, the milk itself will have plenty of vitamin D and lots of other good things in it when you consume it from a, from a proper animal. And uh, milk from any animal is alive. It's the white blood of that animal with red blood cells removed and some other elements. It's the, it's the blood of the animal, basically, coming through the milk gland. It has alive and active immune cells, white blood cells, active hormones, active neurotransmitters, enzymes, microbes. Because remember, the blood of every creature on this planet has a microbial community. So milk is full of microbes. And these are healthy microbes. They're probiotics, these microbes. So they're alive milk. Raw milk is probiotic. When you pasteurize milk, you kill it. You turn it into a dead stuff, which is difficult to digest, particularly for a person with a damaged digestive system and where proteins just absorb undigested and cause trouble, cause allergies and intolerances. So the first thing to do is to, while you're searching for a proper source of raw organic milk unpasteurized from a healthy animal, you start fermenting your dairy products first. Yogurt and other fermented products in supermarkets are not fermented long enough, are not fermented properly. And they're pasteurized after fermentation. They're killed after fermentation. So there are no probiotics in there anymore. Nothing alive. And uh, pasteurization denatures the product. The heat denatures milk. It kills it. So it's important to ferment yourself. It's very simple, very easy. Once you've done it once, you know how to do it. It just becomes a routine. A daily routine takes a minute to do. 
So you can ferment your own. Ferment cream, ferment milk, and in the meantime, look for a good source of raw organic milk for yourself. And uh, I had so many patients um, where mothers of autistic children were worried because they spent a lot of effort into gluten casein-free diet before they found gaps. So they're afraid of dairy. They're afraid to introduce it. But once you explain this to them and they introduce it, they find that there is no reaction in their child and the child recovers beautifully. What if they do react? Do you think it's their gut is not ready? I mean, some people, like some of my clients, they will try a little bit of raw butter, for example, and they still react. Yeah, because that butter has not not been fermented. Yeah, it needs to be cultured butter, which made out of sour cream rather than fresh cream. Because uh, raw butter or any butter contains a lot of lactose. Um, no matter how it's churned, it's got a lot of lactose in it. If it's unless it's made from a sour cream, it's a cultured butter, and the person might be reacting to lactose because lactose is a is a is a sugar, and it's perfect for microbes. And that abnormal microbial community, which is sitting in the digestive tract of the person, will have a feast on that lactose, and cause lots of trouble and lots of symptoms for the person. Of course, there are true allergies to uh, dairy, anaphylactic type, IgE allergies. Right. Of course, those need to be respected because that can be very serious for a person. So initially, we do not uh, implement dairy or any other food that person has an anaphylactic type reaction, such as peanuts, for example, or nuts in many children. So we avoid that. But after following the GAPS nutritional protocol for a few years, we found that a lot of children and a lot of adults lose their anaphylactic type allergies. We can introduce foods like peanuts oh. or nuts, which they had a, a, almost a deadly reaction before, and they're fine. Often these things, in, in the first few patients, this was discovered by accident. When the child has consumed something like that by accident, without knowing it, and we find out about it later, right. and we find out there was no reaction. So then we think, oh, that's interesting. Let's try it again. Let's just be ready and try it again. And we try it and then there's no reaction. So you can recover from anaphylactic allergies. They're curable. We will collect a sample of uh, patients like that. We'll publish a study. Uh, We now, last year, we have launched GAPS Science Foundation. We're putting GAPS on a scientific basis. We have already published three studies, which are on the GAPS Science Foundation website, uh, which confirm that GAPS works and uh, these are properly published studies and peer review journals. So we we continue to do science. Next study will be on ticks and Tourette and uh, um, other tick-related disorders because we have a lot of case studies where people recover from ticks. And uh, the study, the following study, we might do on anaphylactic reactions that people recover from with the GAPS nutritional protocol. In terms of um, bone broth, uh, you know, I see the same thing. So there's some people that say it's like histamine intolerance or um, they if they drink bone broth, maybe if they have any fungal overgrowth, that also causes a sensitivity to bone broth. Some people just get loose stools if they have bone broth. Why do you think that happens? Is it that they need to introduce the bone broth later? What are your thoughts with that? In this blue book, I explain the difference between bone broth and meat stock. Please read that book right, and understand right. the difference because there is a big difference between bone broth and meat stock. In the GAPS diet, we use okay. meat stock. Bone right. broth is the poor man's meat stock. Uh, meat stock is made out of a chunk of an animal with nothing removed. Yes. None of that Western butchery where they dissect things, you know, with tiny little knives, it seems, you know, to, to, 
to isolate the pure muscle with no fat in it, nothing in it, and that's what people are supposed to eat. Everything else has to be thrown away. In a traditional culture, that's an absolute crazy thing to do. <laughs> there, they don't do it butchery like that. They just take a chunk of animal with a bone in the middle, with all the blood vessels, the nerves, the fascias, the skin quite often is still there, everything there. And they cook the whole thing, and they consume the whole thing. So what you do with uh, meat stock, you put a chunk of an animal or a whole bird, a couple of birds in a pan, you cover it with water, salt, pepper, whatever you like, and you cook for a few hours. Then the meat that comes out of it is a beautiful dinner. You eat that meat, you clean the bones, everything else, and the bouillon, this, the stock, is called the meat stock. It's beautiful, it tastes beautiful, it's clear, usually, and... Uh, causes no reactions in the vast majority of people. Bone broth is bones that you've collected from many meals when you've stripped everything of that bone yes. and you, you, you can accumulate them in the freezer, these bones. And then you put them in a pan and you add water and you add some kind of acid to it. People usually use vinegar and cook it for a long, long time. Slow cooker is good to use for that sort of thing. And uh, the chemical composition of that stock is very different from the meat stock, quite different. And some people can react to that. So we, we can use bone broth, right. but quite a bit later off, later on in the GAPS nutritional protocol after about two years of healing has achieved, has happened. Only then we can start using bone broth. And people only make it because they don't want to throw those bones away. I have an organic farm. Right. I'm an organic farmer. And uh, I use the bone broth for my pigs. <laughs> they drink bone broth every day from the bones that were left from our meals. And from my dog, who loves bones, uh, then we cook them in a slow cooker for many, many days with some vinegar until they become soft. You can literally crush them with your hand. And then the whole bone goes to the pigs and they take the bone broth as well. And they just eat the, eat the bones. So that, that's, that's what I do with it. That's a poor man's meat stock, basically. It doesn't taste as nice. It doesn't look as nice as the meat stock. Meat stock, that's what we use in the GAPS nutritional protocol. So the meat stock has just as many minerals as the bones because, you know, with meat stock, sometimes we have very little bone that's added to that whole collection that you just brought up. Is there enough minerals as when we just cook with like, you know, the meaty bones, the jointy bones and things like that? There is. There is enough minerals and amino acids okay. and everything else that there is in the meat stock. And of course, you consume the meat as well. And the more gelatinous right. the meat stock is, the better. Collagen is the key. Okay. Uh, I explain about the GAPS collagen disorder in the Blue Book, uh, what it is. And it is the basis of all these uh, arthritis that people have, variety of them, uh, of um, connective tissue disorders, collagen disorders. Uh, that's the basis of it. And in order to heal, you have to have meat stock every day made out of gelatinous parts of the animals. The feet, the skin, the neck, the spine, the head. Uh, all the offcuts, all the cheap cheap bits, which you will never find in the supermarket because supermarket right. caters to the um, fashionable majority who, who eat by fashion rather than health. Right. And they all look just for pure muscle, which is very unhealthy to consume just pure muscle. The muscle must always come with fat and collagen and other tissues that would be in a proper piece of meat, proper piece of animal. Yes, when you were talking about the bacteria portion of that kind of three-step illness, if you run into somebody that has some bacteria overgrowth, do you use herbals at all? Um, even like the natural versions, like the plant-based versions of herbals? When you change the diet of the person, everything changes. Mm -hmm. 
if you go on the first right. and second stages of the introduction diet, when you've got a, when you've got a temperature, you don't want to eat. You have no appetite, and you have to respect okay. that. Right. So when you know, I, I've got a whole chapter in the blue book how to handle temperature. Don't reduce it. Just keep sweating. Keep drinking yes. water with lemon. Uh, take a bit of salt. I make a, a butter honey mixture. That's very very helpful. When the temperature reduces to about thirty seven point five or so, you know, or thirty seven point three, that's Celsius. Then uh, you can start eating. Right. And the first thing you start eating, you boil a chicken. You make meat stock. And all you eat is that stock. You eat that chicken that you made the stock with, and you have some kefir. That's all. Because these mm-hmm. foods, they boost your immune system. They make it strong and powerful. They allow your body to rebuild itself. All the damaged tissues can be rebuilt very quickly. And uh, you recover very quickly on that kind of food. If you have temperature and you brought it down with chemicals, and then you went and had a, a bowl of breakfast cereal, which laying the ground for some chronic disorder later on, in a few years' time in your body. But if you handle the situation correctly, then everything goes right, and you don't need to be afraid of the infection. Infections are good for us, and they arise from within the body. Of course, there are situations when the infection can run away, and uh, that can be a serious situation. In that situation, of course, you need mainstream medicine, you need antibiotics possibly. Of course, they'll put you on antibiotics at that point. But you still need to allow the temperature to run, because the temperature is a far more powerful tool for any infection than any antibiotic. Herbal antibiotics are good. You can use them. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, I think that's I think that's all really good information. But do you use herbals at all? So for example, like let's say with SIBO or with parasites, you know, there's a lot of um a lot of more recent supports and supplements that use like herbals, um, more natural versions yes, of, of course, them of to course. then support, I guess, removing these toxins. Do you do that of as course, part of your protocol or at all, or is it really just focused helpful. on there are okay. many helpful okay. supplements in the world, but people need to understand that number one is diet. Yes. Vast majority of GAPS people around the world recovered without any supplements at all, just by changing yes. their food. I agree. You cannot, we have a fashion, you know, in the world because people have a reductionist way of thinking. Um, they, they grew up with going to a doctor, getting a pill and fixing the problem without changing any lifestyle, changing their diet, changing anything, just getting a, a pill from the doctor and feeling better, thinking that I've recovered. <laughs> You've suppressed what was happening in your body. You haven't recovered. So, And uh, they've tra- extrapolated that to the alternative, uh, complementary and yes. alternative medicines, where instead of pills from a pharmaceutical industry, they're taking supplements. So they think that they can't, they don't have to change their lifestyle. They don't have to change their diet. They will just take a supplement of this and a supplement of that and a few herbals and they'll be fine. You're doing the same thing, exactly the same thing. Human body first and foremost requires food because the most powerful influence on human health is food. Change your diet and then you will find that you don't need to spend a lot of money on supplements. But in many many cases, supplements can be very helpful if people can afford them. A lot of my patients could not afford a lot and I'd rather they spend their limited resources on good kitchen equipment and good food rather than on expensive supplements. I love everything you said about the importance of the gut and the importance of food. If people are starting the GAPS diet and this eliminate this powerful elimination protocol and then the lifestyle thereafter, and they don't find healing right away, let's say their child is autistic and it's a struggle to get them to have the meat broth daily, how do you, you know, inspire people to keep going when it 
doesn't seem like they're healing it's a good so idea quickly to keep or a diary. as quickly as they expect. Because when you're in the middle of it all, particularly with an autistic child where you don't get a break at all, for, and the majority of uh, parents of autistic children are, first of all, gapsters themselves. They have a brain fog. They, 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 they've got fatigue. And years of being with a gaps child exhausts people. They're exhausted. They can't focus. They can't think right. straight. They're just so tired, these parents, a lot of them. So it is difficult for you to, to see. Uh, you know, you can't see the forest for the trees, as they say. By keeping a diary, you can actually look back a couple of weeks before and you'll see, oh, well, this improved and that improved and this dissipated and that dissipated. I haven't noticed. But because you kept a diary, you can actually compare and you, and you will then see that things are changing. Things are happening. Thank you so much for this conversation. Um, I am a big fan of your work. I have mo- many of your books. Um, I think the blue book, right, is the closest to the kind of meat-only elimination diet because that's where you noticed some of your patients maybe weren't able to tolerate some of the plant-based foods as much. Do you want to just plug a little bit of your books? And then I have um, my instructor at my nutritional therapy school was a GAPS practitioner, a certified practitioner. So lots of fans around me that are, you know, really, really endorsers and have healed from your protocol. So thank you for all the good that you've brought into the wellness community. Um, So thank you for all of that. But if you can just share, you know, where can people learn about the GAPS diet um, if people want to get certified in the program, where do they the get books that? Are and online. Where do they find I've got five books many, together, many apart from the blue books. one, that's the latest that has got all the latest information. And in this book, I describe the different varieties of the GAPS okay. diet because every patient is unique. One size fits all doesn't work. So we have to adjust the diet for everybody. And groups have emerged of people that need a particular adjustment of the diet. Yes. So there is a no plant variety of the GAPS diet there where we eat no plants at all. It's not a meat-only diet. Particularly, I would I don't want to use the word meat because when you say the word meat in the Western world, people see pure muscle or steak. They don't see a chunk of an animal with everything in it. In a traditional society, when you say meat, they know, see a chunk of an animal plus organs. They don't see a pure muscle. They don't see a pure steak that you flip three minutes on each side. They don't see that at all. Where in the Western world, it is actually dangerous to say meat-only diet because eating pure muscle of an animal without fat and without collagen and everything else that surround, surrounds that muscle is unhealthy. That can make a healthy person quite sick, actually. It's, it's, yes. it's been shown and demonstrated in history many, many times. You can't just live on pure muscle. For every sure. ounce of muscle that you consume, you must consume equal amount of fat and all the other tissues from the animal. It's absolutely vital to do that. So. Um, please read that book to understand yes. the whole thing. So there are different varieties of, of GAPS diet, which adjust for different situations and different people. Uh, I have this book, which is very important for many people to read nowadays because we live in a world of nutritional misinformation and propaganda. And the latest propaganda that's been coming from the global corporations, it's a corporate uh, commercial propaganda, is pro-vegetarianism. The whole world is being convinced to become vegetarians and vegans. It is a commercial propaganda coming from global corporations because it's profitable for them to turn large groups of people into vegans and vegetarians. Highly profitable. Please read that book to understand where that propaganda comes from. It's based on lies, manipulation, and misinformation. These people are led to believe that they're saving the planet, that they're following the most healthy lifestyle, and that they're kind to animals. Every one of these statements is the opposite. The truth is the opposite. 
You have to turn it upside down, then you see the truth. So please read this book to understand what's behind all of this and what is a, a truly healthy diet, how it all works. Because it's all based on misinformation, manipulation, and ignorance, deep ignorance of how the human body works. I've got this book which explains what causes heart disease. Right. Because in the GAPS diet, we use a lot of fats and cholesterol. And of course, people are... Uh, we had a, a several 70, 80 years now of propaganda that cholesterol and fats are dangerous and they cause heart disease. So many people are concerned about this subject. Please read this book to understand what actually causes heart disease and that fat and cholesterol are good for us. They're good for us. They're essential. This is my first book. That's a great Gap book. Gap and Psychology Syndrome that made the gaps a global yes. phenomenon. This book focuses on the brain, on learning disabilities and mental illness. Uh, in people where the blue book causes on the rest of the body and all the physical illnesses. Mm. So the two books complement each other. They don't replace each other. They complement each other. And then I've got this little book, which I didn't write. I just compiled it. Uh, I receive letters and emails from people right. all the time, people who recover from all sorts of illnesses around the world. Gap Stories, it's called. These are people who never had any consultations with me or Gaps practitioners or anybody else. They just got the book, followed the diet and recovered. And these letters were so profound and so amazing. I just got permission of these people and we published them as a book. It's basically right. testimonies. And people in that book recovered. That was the time when there was no blue book yet. There was just a yellow book focusing on the brain. But people who recovered were recovering from chronic fatigue syndrome, from fibromyalgia, from neuropathies, narcolepsy, multiple sclerosis, all sorts of allergies, heart disease, diabetes, right. all sorts of things which were not described in the yellow book. That is why I felt important to publish this uh, green book with testimonies. They give hope to people and they give them <laughs> an experience of another person written in their own words, what happened to them and how they recover. So it's very helpful in that sense. Um, all the other websites are run by practitioners, by enthusiasts, by patients, by different people. Um, I've got only one website called gaps.me. That's where I put... All the information, you can learn a lot there because I put a lot of information on that website about okay. what the diet is, what it's all about, and how it works. And on that website, you can find GAPS practitioners and GAPS coaches uh, because we have another profession of GAPS coaches, which are wonderful as well, as well as practitioners. And uh, there you can find my blog and you can find the link to the GAPS Science Foundation at gapstraining.com. Gapstraining.com is the training courses that we we have. We have a training course for practitioners. These are medical uh, qualified people. We have a, a, a GAP co coaches profession, which uh, you don't have to have any prior training, but you just have to be a person who has used the GAPS nutritional protocol and got, got recovery, got benefits from it. So you have experience to share with other people. So we, 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 we make professionals out of these people. Uh, we're launching a course for um, GAPS Made Easy. For people who want to follow the GAPS nutritional protocol, but they find it complicated and it's difficult, so they can join that course yeah. and implement the GAPS nutritional protocol under guidance with a, with a group of people, with qualified practitioners, with people who answer their questions. So, And they can do it at their own pace, that course. They don't have to rush. They can do it at home, online. So all these courses are online. We're launching another course for prospective parents, people who would like to have a baby or maybe already pregnant, already expecting somebody what to do if you know that you're a gapster. 
how to make sure that you produce a healthy baby. So that's a baby, uh, GAPS baby uh, course. Very useful course, beautiful course, beautifully designed. So please have a look on gapstraining.com if you're expecting a baby or would like to have a healthy baby. Because in our modern world, a young couple can't just go ahead and conceive. We're all toxic. We're all damaged. We all have abnormal gut flora, all of us. So we have to prepare if you don't want to have a sick child. Because chances are much higher nowadays for young couples to have a sick child rather than a healthy one. That's what the statistics are showing, unfortunately. So that course will prepare you and help you to have a really, truly healthy child, to produce a healthy child for yourself. And uh, we've got another course that's coming for GAPS chefs, so for people who want to become a chef. So we're working on this, and and, and it's expanding. That's That sounds um, really exciting. I will put all the information in the show notes. Um, again, big fan, and thank you so much for taking the time to just enlighten this community. And I know that a lot of um, my community has your blue book, so I'm excited to have more people learn about you and understand why the gut is so, so important for our health and why food really, really matters for optimal health. So thank you so much for your time. That's a pleasure. Thank you for listening and thank you for your work. It's very important to spread the information. Thank you. Okay, I hope that this conversation was so fascinating. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. The part about the children and how our bodies will try to release toxins to our children is really fascinating. I've heard that several times now, and it, it really just makes a lot of sense with the second child as well. But the thing is, as much as it sounds like we are surrounded by so many toxins and our world is just corporatized, there's a lot of healing that can be done just with our diet. And so I hope that this conversation gives you the inspiration and the encouragement to just focus on food and a lot of good foods that will get you to root cause healing. Oftentimes it stems from the gut. And as I always say, focus on healing the gut, even if your health conditions have nothing to do with the gut. Oftentimes mental health, gut imbalances really all just stem from the gut. I hope that this conversation provided you another lever to really get to optimal health. If you can't tolerate raw dairy, raw butter, you may just want to ferment it and see if you can tolerate it. And if you guys can't tolerate bone broth, then you may want to just try some meat stock. Again, I appreciate so much of Dr. Natasha's work. You want to make sure and check out her books. I'll put all the links in the show notes. Okay, guys, make sure to eat a lot of meat. Take care of your bodies because it is the only place you have to live. I will talk to you guys later. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to the Nutrition with Judy podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please make sure to leave a five-star review on your favorite podcast app so more listeners like you can find the show. If you want more practitioner care and support, head over to nutritionwithjudy.com slash groups so you can get more real talk about carnivore, the environment, and root cause healing. You can also find my content on Nutrition with Judy's YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Make sure to sign up for my weekly newsletter and learn more about in-depth articles with infographics at nutritionwithjudy.com slash articles. You can find my two books, Carnivore Cure and the Complete Carnivore Diet for Beginners on carnivorecure.com and amazon.com. At the heart of Nutrition with Judy's practice, our mission lies with a deep, unwavering passion for service and community. We will continue to empower you to have the knowledge and tools to live a life nearly symptom-free because we firmly believe in healing and wellness for all.